0: Born in New York City to legendary actress Lee Grant and writer Arnold Manoff, writer and actress Dinah Manoff was destined for Hollywood. She's a Tony Award winner with numerous theater and TV credits under her belt, but it was probably her role on the big screen playing pink lady Marty Maraschino in the movie Grease that captured the hearts of millions. Her latest work is a fabulous fiction book, The Real True Hollywood Story of Jackie Gold, that she recently turned into an audiobook. We caught up with her recently from her home in Seattle to hear all about it. This is a Life Minute with Dinah Menoff. Okay, the audiobook is awesome, I have to say. I listened to it.
1: Oh, um, you did? Oh, I thanks. did,
0: yeah, yeah, and it was really neat. How has that been?
1: I had never really thought about doing this as an audible and I was approached by this really nice uh, distributor in Los Angeles. And when I first sat down to do it, I thought, well, you know, I'll read the book. And then, as I was practicing I realized I just don't have the chops to play a hundred different characters. It's a whole other talent that I just didn't realize I didn't have. <laughs> so I asked him if I could, you know, just cast it. And I would read Jackie Gold, which I totally knew I could do. And I brought in all these wonderful actors in my hometown that i would worked with, and some of whom are working actors. And we recorded the book together. And I think it came out really great. I'm really pleased with it.
0: It really did. It was really, really great. And for those that haven't read the book, give us a quick synopsis of the book.
1: Well, the book is called The Real True Hollywood Story of Jackie Gold. And it's the story of a very, very big movie star who is a tabloid darling in the 80s. And she tells her story from the hospital bed where she's lying in a coma after jumping off the balcony to escape the paparazzi. And it is actually a pretty funny, dark comedy, or as Jamie Lee Curtis said, she gave me a very nice blurb, and it's on the cover of my book. It says, a brilliant rewinding of a life of Hollywood glitz, grit, gluttony, and nose jobs. That's the best description I can come
0: up with. That's great. And tell us, why did you decide to write this?
1: Well, a couple of things. I started it many, many years ago in a workshop and it was preceded by what happened to princess diana the horrible really you know murder of her by the paparazzi chasing her into the tunnel and right around the same time i had just had my first child and a paparazzi from the inquirer showed up at my front door to question his paternity my son's my brand new baby infant's paternity and i started to scream. I was in my pajamas. I chased him off my property, uh, called a lawyer. And it was the first time that I really have felt for myself, the invasiveness of these people. And so I started writing a story about, you know, what if there was this really big star, and this happened to her, and it just evolved from that you know, it's still happening with Britney Spears and Meghan Markle. And, you know, the, these people, they're, they're relentless, you know, and in, in my day, when I was an actor, we didn't have cell phones or TMZ or the internet or any of that. We just had the Inquirer and the star and they did tremendous damage to people.
0: Now it's a tenfold. Would you say there are any parts of Jackie that are
1: you? is fiction and uh, you know i certainly drew from my life and my personality i think in writing jackie you know i drew from my childhood in malibu which is a very unusual and unique place to be raised Uh, i'm very fond of saying no one really grows up in malibu but i was raised there you know i come from a hollywood background or a show business background really my mother is Lee Grant, who's still the incredible force that she's always been at ninety-eight years young. You know, I I had those experiences to draw from, and you know, they say write what you know. This is this is what I know.
0: There's some parts of it that are so vivid. The descriptions, the nose job, Al. <laughs> <laughs> How did that come? How did that?
1: Well, I think you know, being a young actress in Hollywood, you know, there was always. Uh, particularly when I was a young actress, the pressure to be pretty. And I was more of a character actress and you felt like you had to pass in order to get cast. You know, that meant doing what you had to do to dye your hair blonde or get a nose job and or starve yourself skinny, all of which I did in order to get cast and to be passable. They didn't want you to look Jewish, which I am. They didn't want you to look ethnic. They wanted a certain Hollywood type. And so I put a lot of that into Jackie, into her story.
0: What about Marilee? Where did she come from?
1: Jackie's mother, Marilee, is nothing like my mother. My mother was a show business mom. I mean, she worked a lot and, you know, she was uh, an incredibly famous and well-respected actress. But Marilee, I based very loosely on a story I had heard when I was a kid in the colony, in Malibu Colony. Uh, Where I uh, spent a few years of my childhood and where Jackie did as well. Uh, There was this waitress at the Colony coffee shop, which no longer exists. And this very wealthy guy who lived in Malibu Colony left his wife and married this very, very young waitress. And I don't know why that just stuck with me for years (laughs) and years. And so Merrily became that waitress, you know, that girl who was plucked out of the coffee shop into this other life where she couldn't fit in. I don't, you know, really know whatever happened with those people, but that was my inspiration. And what about Al? Did that happen to you? Al date rapes Jackie in the story when she's 14 and he's probably 22. I think I have it in the book. Did that happen exactly? No. Were there situations I was able to draw on for writing that portion of the book? Absolutely. It was so vivid
0: and even more so when you actually said it, it was like, makes your skin crawl. I felt like- you
1: know, that was actually, I worked really, really hard on that section with my editor because it was so necessary to make it real and to make it terrible, but also to make it something Jackie would allow herself to go through, to justify at the time you know, to not run screaming, but to justify. And what is it that in your young psyche as a young woman, lets you let yourself be in that situation, which I certainly did. So that was that was a real writing challenge for me.
0: Diana, so good. Did you find it difficult when you did the audiobook? Like, was there anything you know, different than you discovered from it or, you know, was it hard to read those lines and those difficult lines or how was that different than writing?
1: It was very different. I loved acting this part of the audiobook. I, you know, I don't act anymore. So for me, it was like such a ride to jump on, you know, to jump on board this, this trip that Jackie takes and because I wrote it and it really is in my voice, it was an easy place for me to operate from yes it was hard to read that scene and it was very gratifying to read it because i could say it just the way i felt it exactly the way i felt it and the wonderful actor chris soldavia who read not just that part of Al so brilliantly, but also read The Boyfriend and also read a couple of other parts. He's such a talented actor. I feel complete trust with him. I know his work really well. He's coached me on things before. So we really gave each other great trust in reading that scene together.
0: So great. So, so, so good. Did you have to change it at all? Did
1: you change the words or anything like that? Or you just- Well, you know, strangely enough, as we were reading through the book, I came upon tons of typos that I never saw just reading it with my eyes. But saying it, I would go, oh my God, this is terrible. I have to, you know, the next printing, we have to <laughs> fix this. And yes, there were parts reading the book where I said, you know, this doesn't work reading. We have to cut this or add this or, you know, to make it clear, you know, to say she said, or, you know, it was, it was different. Yeah, but right. I mean, I would say 90, 7% of it is the same.
0: Will there be another book on the horizon, you think?
1: I don't know. You know, I'm I'm working on writing something right now that doesn't have a form yet, something that I've been wanting to get out of my system. But I don't know if it will be a book or some other form of entertainment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, you know. <laughs> Whatever it is, it'll be something good. Teaching, acting in prison. I didn't know about
1: this. Tell us about that. We lost our oldest son Christ. coming up on seven years now, uh, a Mortell. And after Daschle died, I was non-functional, as you would expect. And I wanted to become a person who could survive and function and thrive after a loss that had broken me. And what I knew from my experience in life was that the best way for me to function was to figure out a way to be helpful to someone else and that's just you know not because I'm a good person it's just I really know that works (laughs) from my experience and so I'd always had this idea in the back of my head to go into a women's prison and bring in acting classes I thought that would be really inspirational for me as well as for them and so I found a women's prison not far from us and uh, I pitched Myself as a teacher. <laughs> and, they, and they liked that I was free. You know, they didn't have to pay me anything. I would volunteer. And I started this acting and improv class at the women's prison with my friend and teaching partner, Michelle Allen. So once a week, we would go in and we would teach to these women, some of whom could have cared less about us being there, some of whom were thrilled to have us there. But for two hours a week, I was okay. And that was why I did it. Because Mm -hmm. I knew that I would be out of myself for that Mm -hmm. period of time. So it was my bridge back to being okay, really. And I taught there for three years and started a writing program there, and started an art program there, and I called myself the Dean of Fine Arts at the Women's Correctional Institution. (laughs) (laughs) For a girl who never graduated, I thought that was pretty darn good, and then COVID hit, so I've never been back, because Mm -hmm. they still haven't allowed back in the class. Oh, so that's okay. the story of teaching at, at women's prison. And let me tell you, it was juicy yeah. there. There were times when we would be laughing so hard in class that the guards would come to see if everybody
0: was That's away. amazing. Yeah. What made crazy.
1: you think of doing that? I think of myself as a recovering bad girl. And <laughs> I I like bad girls, you know, it's it, I relate. I just, I've always said there, but for the grace of God, go I. And I felt like I would be very comfortable there. And I was, mm-hmm. I was not intimidated. And I told them exactly what my credits were, by the way. Don't, don't think I went in anonymously. I said, you know, did you see the movie Grease? If you watched <laughs> Empty Desk? Well, this is who I am. So, and they would be like, what are you doing here? And I would say, that's beside the point. And so, you know, they kind of went, oh, okay. I knew how to take my power.
0: Uh and of course, you mentioned growing up in showbiz. Your mom is the legendary Lee Grant, of course, uh, and your dad was in the biz, too. Uh, but yet you had a lot of uh, auditioning and rejections. Tell us tell us all about that. What was it like growing up as you and how did you get into it? When did you make it?
1: My mother was a really respected, popular actress. She had come through the blacklist, so she had also suffered a great deal. And all of that, I found very intimidating as a young actress, that she was so serious. You know, she was a serious actress. And I was kind of a screw up as a young woman. I stumbled into acting because there really was nothing else I was qualified to do. You know, I wasn't educated and I'd grown up on the beach I always knew I could act because I'd been cueing my mother on scripts from the time I could read. So I had it, you know, I I knew I could get away with it anyway. I went through what many young actresses go through. I went through, you know, it's the odds are you get like one in every 25 auditions. I had a nice niche there for a while playing the best friend. I was dependable as being funny and, you know, quirky. And then I was really lucky enough to land some really great jobs. Uh, Grease, Soap, being on the series Soap was, you know, I didn't know how lucky I was. I mean, I look back now and I go, oh, if only I'd known how lucky I was. Then I was just like, this is a gig, you know? I mean, this is a great gig, but it's a gig. Little by little, I trained myself. You know, the rejection part of being in the business, it's really terrible. I mean, I cried after every single audition I ever went on. I never had thick skin. I always felt that I was do this or not enough that or never had the thick skin. Some actors have, but I didn't have it. And I think, you know, the reasons I love not acting now is I'm not nervous. I was nervous all the time. I was nervous. I was insecure. I didn't want to look in the mirror. I was worried about my weight, about my thighs, about my talent. I don't live that anymore. You know, pretty happy. <laughs> so I don't think I can be an actor and not be that as well. I really tried, you know, 25 years of therapy. And I was still just as nervous as when I walked into therapy the first day. Was that why you, you quit?
0: I wouldn't say you quit, however. You're still well, writing, you're
1: acting, but... You know, I, I moved away. I moved, yeah. you know, to the northwest with my family, and I mm-hmm. uh, chose a, a very deliberately a very different life. And I chose not to audition anymore. And I was able to. I was lucky. I was able to do that. You know, because my husband was still working, and you know, I had put my money away, and I was able to walk away on my own terms but the fact was I was like walking away from a lover who really already didn't want you so much anymore you know he was like I'm walking away and him going yeah go go (laughs) the very last audition I went on and this was what made my decision not to audition anymore I went on an audition for a HBO show and I walked in it was a okay part good good small part but good And I walked into the room and there were like 20 other actresses all there for the same role, all of whom I knew, all of whom were fabulous talents, all of whom would have been right for the same part. And I thought, I just can't anymore. Mm -hmm. I spent two hours getting ready, learning my lines, you know, driving from then to the studio, getting myself up. And I just went, "Uh -uh. I just, Mm -hmm. I just like myself too much now. What was that? It was an episode or a a short running part on Six Feet Under.
0: And who did get that part? (laughs) I can't think of anyone.
1: I can't remember, but somebody good. (laughs) But -hmm. you know, that's what happens. I mean, at a certain age, you're not the little wonder anymore. You're just another 45-year-old actress Mm -hmm. competing with all the other 45-year-old actresses because the parts have shrunk to this Mm -hmm. by the time you're 45 so we're all you know like give me you no know, give me yeah.
0: and look at now with the strike i mean i guess it's over now but look how long that lasted and yeah
1: i mean it's, it's you know and i i had the best years of television you mm-hmm. know i got paid yeah. a lot yeah. i got to really have a lot of fun you know when i did empty nest and you know, work with fabulous people business has changed a lot Mm -hmm. and you know my friends my women friends who are acting are acting for very little money just to pay their health insurance so I say you know adios and thanks it was a great ride
0: smart now I'm
1: going to be a writer
0: maybe that'll be a movie someday (laughs) I hope so (laughs) but I don't know if you'll play maybe you'll play Mary Lee or something oh (laughs) no I I
1: would just (laughs) I would just play you know staying home while the director don't even want to direct the writer
0: the writer <laughs> all right so i guess we could talk about so the strike's over right so we can talk about anything talk about now. yeah yay i'm unshackled um, who are your favorite people to work with
1: god so many i mean god there's so many people richard mulligan you know played my father on on empty nest and was in soap <laughs> i treasured richard I loved working with the Grease cast, and we still see each other. You know, we go around these Comic Cons and do autograph signings together. We just came back from Scotland. Oh, um, wow. The Key Birds and the Pink Ladies, some of us, uh, and Randall Kleiser, the director. We just got back from Scotland, and wow. every time we see each other, it's just such a love fest. You know, we have so much history now. It's
0: yeah. so iconic. Do you think most people remember you from that role over other things? And so, yeah, I, I mean, do. I
1: mean, yeah. fans, they just keep, you know, giving birth to more fans. <laughs> uh-huh. Keep they going. <laughs> oh,
0: if you're going to do something, that's certainly the one to do.
1: Guess so. You know, at the time, it was, you know, just it was a really fun movie to make and got lukewarm reviews when it first came out. It was not a blockbuster. Really? I yeah, know it that. was. You know, the reviews were like, "Oh, it's too camp," and it gathered its own steam over years and years and years, and, and keeps doing so.
0: Of course, we lost Olivia.
1: I was really lucky to get to work with her, and to know her a little bit. That was really my experience with her. Was on Greece. I had a little exchange with her um, a few years ago. You know, Olivia truly was who you think she was. She was the warmest, sweetest, most generous big-hearted lady. When we did Sandra D at a scene in in Greece, we had so much fun shooting that scene. All of us, the pink ladies and Olivia. And I like to tell the story that Olivia really was a good girl. And we pink ladies really were sort of bad girls in real life too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I mean... But there was an us and them, you know, so getting to act out that scene where we were, you know, torturing her and getting her drunk <laughs> and <laughs> singing a mean song about her, you know, it was so much fun and she was such a good sport. And so uh, I'm lucky, you know, I'm lucky that I, I got a little piece of that relationship with her.
0: That's great. That's so great. I can tell you
1: about my mom
0: who is- at How 90- is she doing? 90, 98? 98. 98. Amazing. And 98. I'm so glad she's not merrily. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's I like the first time
1: and i'm like oh, gosh i hope lee grant's not merrily or <laughs> i like her in any way <laughs> well i can tell you there's definitely another book there but she's not merrily <laughs> no she's great she's still you know getting up and doing pilates and walking wow. the dog and living in her apartment with her younger husband of 83 his twin sister and um she's great she's amazing Just oh, amazing she's so great yeah. Sharp as a cat.
0: Oh, what did she say about your book? Oh, she loved or The it. audiobook. book.
1: She, she hasn't heard the Audible yet. because so I'd have to go set, you know, you have to set it up for her because, you know, she doesn't know how to work anything. But she never knew how to work anything. I mean, that's just, you know, that's just who she always is. She never typed. She, she never had to. Right?
0: <laughs> so yeah. she loves it? Yeah, she loved the book. What has the day been like for you when you're not working?
1: I think I I may have told you before I ride horses. That's my passion. I've been, you know, riding dressage for about 15, 16 years now. I'm still not very good at it, but I really love doing it. And so I just keep plugging away at it. I ride like three to four times a week. I have a horse near my house and a a trainer that I love and work with. And that's my sanity. That's my therapy. I'm a happy little homebody. You know, I like to make soup and fold laundry and feed the hummingbirds and you know, garden a little, I really like my home life, you know, like I like my husband a lot, which is really good. You know, we've been married a long time. My boys are at college now. So my twins. So yeah, it's, it's sweet here. Just to go through
0: what you guys went through. That's rare that a lot of marriages don't last, you know?
1: Yes. Well, uh, our marriage has in fact become closer. It was always close, but you know, Arthur and I really clung to each other and to our other boys and you know I'm I'm happy to say that when I went off to teach at that at that prison to save my own life to be able to move forward um you know I, I do thrive and I do have joy and I am happy you know not that I am not always missing my oldest son always but I'm lucky in that I have been able to you know really come back into living life fully, which I didn't know if I would. I didn't know if that was possible.
0: You're something else. You're so special. Such a beautiful beautiful
1: person.
0: You're Jewish, of course. Do you want to say anything about what's going on? Do you
1: want me to get into it? I mean-
0: What? If you want to. I mean, it's up to you. You
1: know, here's the deal. Me, I'm wearing a peace sign again. I haven't worn a peace sign since I was like 17. This is my prayer. My prayer is for peace. I understand- the meaning of never again, I understand it really fully. I understand that Israel is at war and that along with war comes unspeakable, horrible results. And I also feel very strongly that when the war is over and won, the head of the government in Israel has to go. He has to go in order for there to be a peace process again. Netanyahu has to go. And, uh, and I hope that will happen, that finally, they will move on to a saner, more open-hearted administration in Israel that is not dominated by fanaticism and uh, religious zealotry.
0: It's a good thing to say. As usual, you always have good things to say. Let's go back onto
1: fluffy notes. <laughs> What are you watching these days? Oh, I love to talk about television. I think I'm a professional television watcher. I think it's what <laughs> I do best, and I have such eclectic tastes. I watch a lot of junk. I watch Married at First Sight. I watch Love Is Blind. <laughs> so did I.
0: I yeah. I got obsessed by that Love Is. Blind. Yeah, me too. The last season I didn't really like. It.
1: Oh, terrible! Last season I was like just that. terrible. Like I mean, the first oh, two. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> so I watched those. And I've also been watching on BritBox. I'm watching Payback. I just finished that. Mm-hmm. Um, just okay. finished the Morning Show, which was a fabulous okay. season. Everyone should watch the Morning Show. They're so good. And uh, oh, Julia, uh, the the Julia Child series oh, is yes. coming back. I think it comes back today, the new season. And my friend Melanie Mayron directs a lot of those, oh. so I'll be watching Julia. But yeah, I watch a lot of television. Television's my cocktail. You know, it's like cocktail hour. It's like, oh, what's on, you know, shark tank. I like that too.
0: My little guy actually watches that. He makes us watch it. I'm like, all right. So I got into it from my 11 year old. Crazy. What about Suits? Have you been watching that? Yeah, I'm on
1: season seven. (laughs) Funny how that came back out of nowhere. So, totally like, you know, suits is our comfort show. Yes. It's like we watch our shows, and then right before we go to sleep, we go, let's put on suits. <laughs>
0: <laughs> For me, too. And I always, Grace and Frankie was my other comfort show. Oh, well, I watched I, all the
1: Grace and Frankie's, too.
0: Yeah. And Friends, of course. Friends yes. was my other comfort show. Yeah. I never watched what was on, but now I watch it. Well, maybe emptiness will come back. And soap, I—I I mean, I—I I think that was on something. They brought that back.
1: Yeah, they usually do. Know. You know, at some point bring soap back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of the fans in Scotland uh, said something to me about Greece, which was—it was the first time I'd heard it said, and it made so much sense to me. She took my hands, and she, she was like, she's her eyes were all teary, and she—she she took my hand. She said, "You understand." She had a brogue, which I can't do. She said, "Greece." is my comfort film. And I said, oh, I get it. It's like your mac and cheese, she said. Oh, "That's you know?
0: awesome,"
1: And that that made me feel so good that, you know, that's what people go to when you know, she goes to, when her life is tough. Yeah, you know.
0: Absolutely. And you're the star of that movie, 100%. No,
1: I'm not, but thank
0: you, you. you. are, you are. <laughs> the funniest thing you are. Life advice, I don't know if I asked you that last time. Life advice? Life minutes your biggest life God. tip for living?
1: God. You're so smart. You're so wise.
0: You, say, I, you have- don't have,
1: I don't have life advice. I, I don't. I just, you know, I can tell you that in this period of my life, my mantra is yes. don't stop moving. Keep moving because don't want to get all brittle, you know? Yeah. Keep learning, keep moving.
0: Mentally and physically, right? Right. That's a good one. I like it. That's What's something you think you get, might do that you haven't done
1: yet? I don't have any professional aspirations, uh, (laughs) things I, you know, I don't have like a professional bucket list, I'm pretty satisfied, I'm in, you know, a couple of writing workshops where I'm learning to do stuff I want to learn to do better, structure and things like that, my travel bucket list now is, I really want to go to Tokyo, where I haven't been, and one of my sons is a, a real Japanophile, and so he's been to Japan, and and uh, and I want to go and and experience uh, Tokyo and you know so other parts of Japan with him.
0: Neat. How did he get into that?
1: I think he just watched a lot of anime. <laughs> <laughs> That's like mine go. does
0: too. He watches big Power Rangers, and he really wants to go there as well because I have big Power Rangers things. So it's funny. I've never been there either, but yeah. bugging me to go.
1: But it's, you know, culturally, it's a really interesting place, you know, and and I've, I've visited a lot of great countries, but I've never been to that part of the world. So I, I really would like to go.
0: Well, you've cracked the code, lady, for a good living. I like it. I like it.
1: <laughs> oh, I love
0: yeah. you. You're such a wonderful person. Anything else you want to tell me that we didn't cover, you think? Oh, you cover everything. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, what are you guys gonna do for the holidays? We pretty much just hunker down
1: here. Holidays to me are like the worst time to make plans. To me, it's like it's a really good time to like pull the covers over your head and you yeah, know, wait it out. <laughs> That's how I feel about it. So, you know, it's all too input for me. Oh
0: so all right. Will you promise when you come back, you'll come visit?
1: I'd love to come back again. I'd love to. And your mom
0: next time too. Oh, my mom would have a
1: blast with you. Are you kidding? come on if she has something to promote. And occasionally she still does. So
0: really? What is she doing? Well, she just had
1: two of her older films were just re-released. They were restored. I know they were shot many years ago. So they were just restored and they had a big screening of them at the New York Film Institute. So that was a big deal for her. She went and answered questions. Oh,
0: and, wow. I didn't even know about that.
1: Yeah. So, you know, she has stuff. She's got her stuff. Right now, she's writing a lot of angry political letters that she, you know, hasn't sent yet. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's great.
0: So, wow. Yeah, she comes definitely bring her to next time. Yeah,
1: I would love to.
0: Well, you made my night again.
1: You're the Thank best. You, You're that was really person. fun. It was a really nice visit with you.
0: To see more of this interview, visit our website, lifeminute.tv. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, Life Minute TV.